Welcome to the Step Over Podcast. My name is Josh. We're here with, dare I say it, a legendary figure in Ottawa footy. He's one of the capos and match day officers for Capital City Supporters Group, an elite athlete himself, uh, a, univers- a, u- a university soccer aficionado. I assume he sings and dances too. He does it all. Brandon Adibe. Brandon, how, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good, especially after that wonderful intro. <laughs> There's lots I want to ask, but first, um, you know, I ask this for for all my guests. Um, you know, what's your history with soccer? Um, like when did you first start playing? Like, what did you play? I remember, geez, from like, I remember vividly either being two or three years old, and I was seeing some of my friends play Timbit soccer. Oh yeah, my. I had a late birthday, so I wasn't allowed to play that year. And I was like so mad. So I was like, <laughs> my dad, I'm like, yo, let me play. But it wouldn't happen until the next year. And then the next year, I finally was able to, and I tore it up. And oh, yeah. We lost in the finals because this one person, I remember till this day, was always like pulling my shirt. And the, there was no rest since it's Timbits. But yeah. <laughs> it's just dads. Of course. And they just <laughs> let it go. They're like, yeah, they're having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you weren't, uh, so you got into it right away. There was no like picking dandelions for you because oh. there's always a few of those. Yeah. I feel like my first few games, I might have been, I might have been on the dandelion train. Of course, that's a good time too. It's like you get to enjoy the environment. Like it's underrated. It's underrated. It is. I agree. Uh, so, did you have any like favorite players growing up? Like a favorite team? Ooh, I remember. The first player I would, like sort of I idolized was Ronaldinho. Like magical feet, his touch was incredible. And Barcelona, it was just like, wow, this is this is what football can be. And it's like he's playing with a smile on his face, and it's you don't see that with a lot of people playing sports. And I just stuck to it, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like try to do these fancy skills. And then Messi <laughs> came around with him. I'm like this is amazing like how can they be so technical and fast and yeah so it started with Barca but my dad is a Tottenham fan so I also adopted that okay that's fair um do you have any players like because I know you play now still um do you have any players that like you watch and and uh you know you kind of see them make a move or like I make a like a sweet pass is there any like player that you that you feel like you kind of want to try and emulate a little bit? Yeah, so there's one player I sort of feel like I emulate when I'm playing, and that's when when he's healthy, Usman Dembele. So oh, I'm yeah? quite two-footed, I'm speedy, and have some skills on the ball. So it's like, there's a lot of similarities there. We both have pace, so I'm like, I have this theory. I don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition, but like before the injuries, I was like, Usman Dembele for pure football, he might be better than Mbappe if like the trajectory goes the right way. But with all the injuries, didn't come to fruition. But I still think potentially with the right coach and Xavi's been putting in some work, potentially he can be up there and be world class. Okay, well, let's clip that and then we'll just... That's that's your take for this for this episode, Mbele. We're gonna have a lot of spicy takes, don't you? Worry. <laughs> 
so um you know you've been playing in ottawa for a long time do you have a favorite like a favorite field that, that you know where like uh you know there's a game schedule at that field you're like that's that's my field trying to think back to youth footy there was some good tournaments at uh ben franklin the fields were nice there gloucester had some pretty good fields the Louis Riel Dome had good times. In that the was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm going to go Louis Riel. There I have some good players that come out of Louis Riel, too. So, yeah, there's been some good history there. Like, when you walk into the track, you see some of those players with their jerseys in, not the Raptors, but, like, up top. And it's like, wow, if I was, like, a youth player there i'm like oh i can make it i could be like one of these people so yeah and am i making this up but did i see a picture of you with with joe david at one point recently yeah so okay. actually at louis real we gotta talk be about another that reason i picked this so i was with my team and it was sort of like not youth footy but it was like between men's and like so that in between stage so we're like preparing for a game. It's sort of like Sunday league, I guess you could say, because it was on always on the weekend. And this this weekend, or like that weekend in particular, I bust out from Barhaven all the way to Luriel. So I got there early. I'm like, okay, get some stretches in. None of my teammates are there, so I can't even like pass the ball with no one. One of my teammates comes in and he's like. I just start talking with him. And then another guy comes. He's like about like five nine. And then my teammate goes, Yo, do you know who this is? And I like look and I'm like, Well, I'm like, not to offend you, but you look sort of like Jonathan David. And my friend's like, That is Jonathan David. I'm like, because <laughs> I remember on that like Thursday, he was playing in Europa League. So I'm like, What's this guy doing in Ottawa? Yeah, how's this possible? And then, like, we introduced each other, and it's like, wow. And then I really got, like, started warming up. I'm like, okay, we have a game on. (laughs) That's so cool. So did you get the chance to, like, chat with them at all? or? Yeah, so after the game, everyone was a bit scared. It's like, who's going to be the first one to get a picture with them, right? Yeah. I'm like, it's not every day Jonathan David is in Ottawa, let alone you just got to play against him, and I scored that game. So I'm like, what? Of course. <laughs> we did. You scored against. I guess so. You can forever say you scored against Joe Davis' team. Yes. It's not bad. Did we win? Maybe not. We Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. But he's. <laughs> if you ever play against him, you never see this on TV, but. He like if you try to like body him, he's a rock. Like some of my teammates like tried to like nudge him off the ball. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he was just like so solid you got hurt if you ever tried. It's crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's such a cool story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So for those who might be stumbling onto our chat, um, who who maybe don't know what a capo is or or what a match day officer is. Um, what are those people like? Like, what do you do for CCSG? So for CCSG, I'm 
I do like to do some market inside of things. You'll see me on Twitter, maybe have some interactions with fans, we'll say. Definitely develop what's going on on the media side. But for match day, I, me and my other co-MDO, Eddie Benin, will lead the chance. We create chance. Anything for fan atmosphere, we've been, even during the preseason, we were going and like strategizing how we want things to look like the flares smokes not flares but everything on the match day especially in the dub that's sort of our responsibility making sure everyone is safe in there if there's any medical emergencies we have first responders ready so we sort of take everything that's on match day upon ourselves and the rest of ccsg and we just make sure everything goes well. But I also lead chants, which is what you guys will probably see on the Instagram, the Twitter, all that fun stuff, and then the pictures. So we lead chants for the stadium, and people will join in, and it's a good time. We're rowdy, but very respectful. Well, yeah, because you, you, know, you and Eddie are like the faces of of CCSG, and you've gotten some great pictures um and like i always think of of uh you know one last year with with you like screaming at at like Pauli, yeah when he did the dub jump um is that your favorite picture or or have there been some others because uh, there's been there's been quite a few good ones that i've seen um see the dylan one is so iconic like that was our first ever home game I would hate athletic. most people who call a picture of themselves iconic, but you are hundred percent bang on. That is a absolutely un, I like I want that picture of you framed. Yeah, it's such a good picture. It's so good, and oh my goodness, see, like watching it back on the on the one soccer stream, and it's like, wow, this is a surreal moment, and they captured it perfectly. Yeah, Audrey also like almost every game. If you don't know, like Audrey Magni, her photography is top notch. Oh Every yeah, game she's there. Like You'll she see, must like, be. I mean, I mean, she's getting to be quite well known, especially like over, you know, over this season. Like she's gotten on with like Canada soccer. She had some amazing pictures from from the women's U twenties and U seventeens. I think the U twenties for sure. The like for sure the U seventeens. Um, yeah, like fantastic photographer. So good. Like if you guys listening please go and check her out she is amazing and the ones for and podcast host foot a cafe if we can just have a little shout out for the francophones here yeah i think that was definitely the most memorable one there's been some this year where i'm like wow i'm definitely going to keep it on my phone maybe make it a lock screen because I got a photo with my favorite player, Diego Espeo, also because of Audrey. So thanks again, Audrey. But yeah. those two are definitely my favorites. Right on. And, you know, like Capital City Supporters Group, um, you know, it's like, like I feel like it's changed the game for supporters culture. Um, like I would say in Canada, for sure. Like there's no group like it. Have you like how did you get involved in the first place with them? So... At the start, Fury folded. So I used to go to some Fury games. I wasn't a big part of it. I would watch the games and I'm like, oh, 
it's like you have like maybe 15 people on a good day like chanting having a good time but everyone else in the section it's just like in the other sections it's like you sit down you watch not much going me i'm a very energetic guy i love seeing the people in dortmund in fernabache besiktas having a good time you're seeing flares you're seeing people shirts off like this is their culture this is their life so fury folds and then a new guy in town by the name of daniel dayjuff or daniel j daniel (laughs) he comes along he's he pulls me and eddie aside well he's messaging eddie and then eddie brings me on and then he tells us about how he has a nice british chap named thomas stockton so we all come together mostly those three i was like i still had some other stuff to do on the side so those three were the founders we talked at the senate on bank which is an old fury meeting place and we talked about everything we wanted for when atletico ottawa becomes a team and when they finally come to ottawa because the first season as we know was in a bubble so we didn't get to see him but we planned so many different things, what we wanted to see. And the digital marketing was really what pushed us. And apart from other like fan bases and supporters groups who on the day, you'll see them, they're present. But the grassroots that you're building, Daniel definitely took it upon himself to just everything on social media, you'll see. Yeah, like I think something that maybe doesn't get as much attention is like how much behind the scenes planning there seems to be like i've heard daniel talk about a little bit that there's like a long-term plan um but like you know everyone kind of sees sees the fun game day stuff but it sounds like there's there's a like an established plan to make this sustainable yes for sure yeah so daniel is the head honcho of this he's very organized to the point this is what's what we're doing. This is what's happening. And then we have a certain, our supporters have a chat, everything that goes through there. It's also got some nice memes and stuff, but everything is there. And then we have people helping like Bryce Crossman has definitely stepped up this year. Unbelievable. The likes of Wally, which you guys can see, he has so many creative avenues that he just pulls out. But, like, we have so many people in this Capital City supporters group that work together, and it's only going to get better during the following seasons because we're definitely shaping what Canada's soccer fan basis could be in the CPL, but also, like, the nation. So it's definitely good. Yeah, like, we've seen other groups kind of, like, like, you can tell they feel like they have to step up their game because of CCSG yeah and um we're always trying to push that envelope even further right on um so coming off a big weekend with atletico ottawa big sunday coming up with the championship match at td place um as someone who leads the most passionate fans you're chanting you know push the team to the finals what i'm saying is like you got us to the finals and that this is the biggest match of your life um are you doing any training or like any capital exercises to get yourself ready for the big game so 
we all did this together. Don't you can't just put it on <laughs> me or Eddie or Daniel, but everyone in the dub is going to be ready and going for it. But me personally, I'm gonna think of some extra chants because I always like to spice in a little ones that aren't on our chant bible, which you can find on Capital City supporters, but. I like to watch Dortmund fans, Feyenoord fans, all fans from Europe, South America, see what I can incorporate for myself, bring the charisma, and probably rest up the voice because it takes a beating on those game days. It's the last one, right? You can go all out. Yeah, you know, I won't be speaking the after that. <laughs> um, yeah, are there any chants that you've, that you've had that, like... Um either you haven't had the chance to try or or like haven't worked for some reason or are there any that like haven't worked as much as you would have liked or like haven't done as much as you would have liked yeah so we actually tried this year to bring in uh some more not bilingual like multicultural chants so like french spanish we have a few french and spanish already but we wanted to try one that's pretty notorious in france it's i believe it's in marseille chant and it's called ozalm it's like a call and repeat for some reason we have like a very big demographic of french speakers in the dub and they know it but for some reason it didn't catch on with the rest of the dub so we've only pulled it out maybe about four times and it's had varying success which sort of sucks because it's like a battle chant it's like you're going into war you're ready to go but unfortunately it didn't work out so might have to rework it or just stick to our other chance or just keep trying you know just trying to hammer it in and eventually people will get it yeah it, it might like it's such a good chant and i guess maybe the finals is the day to bring it up we'll see right on um yeah so like you know being a capital uh you know the guy in front leading a crowd in song um i think it's kind of cool because it's kind of like like it's kind of like being the lead singer in a band um have you ever been in a band oh no i haven't but i do know how to play like a couple instruments I can't sing. Do not get me to sing. But is that the next step, though? Are we bringing in? Are we like? Are are we bringing more instruments into the dub next season? Is that the next step? To be honest, that's not a bad shout. We have seen some tambourines. Someone had a bongo at this past game. So who's to say no? Who's to say no? Um, like, do you feel like the, that you've evolved as a capo, or like? you know learn like what works and what doesn't like as you lead chance yes for sure like i was actually thinking back to the first game that one where dylan pally jumped up in the dub and i was remembering today that like i remember turning to eddie my co-capo and it's like wow it's 18 minutes in and we went through all of the chances we had planned <laughs> so it's like you have to know the timing, when to pull out certain chants, when to get people going. If we concede, which happened a lot last season, how are we going to bounce back and get people from being down to automatically straight back up? It's learning about those fine, finite, minute, like different timings 
get in different chants ready and just plan in before or if this happens how are we going to respond sort of like cargo is managing we we have to manage in the dub as well um like would you say that there are any um like reliable chance that you know uh you say there's a bit of a lull and you're like okay we got to pull out this one because that's going to get people going again like are like are there any go-tos for you yeah so we have a couple for exactly that like when there's a bit of a lull in the crowd simple things that maybe it's just clapping like ato ato and that's for the people who are aren't like as passionate in the dub you can still hear that and be like oh i could clap along like i might not know the words or hey oh let's go and then you just keep going something that fills the time but it's also like we can ramp that up too as well it can get pretty intense um for the people in the sections like beside the dub so what i usually do is so i have season seats in like section s um but i usually spend like the first half hour in the dub and then i kind of move to my seats um and i've noticed that like um uh like this season more than any you know either last season or like more than any fury season like the crowd is a lot more engaged like have you found more participation outside the dub this year or no yeah for sure especially the the sections right beside us which would be x and v i believe we yeah know our alphabet, on right what's that that we know like we know our alphabet right yeah of course, of course. yeah that's, that does sound right <laughs> so <laughs> we we've had like some people who've been in the dub also sit in those places and then sometimes they just have fans who are like oh this this is interesting i'm not too sure how to do it and then you got guys like bryce who actually took it upon themselves to make chants on like bristlebores go over and be like this is what we're saying i took a video of that that is fantastic yeah it's it works huge. and it worked and you have other sections right beside us now learning so even when they're not in the dub they're learning and they're participating so this season that was a huge component and it really helped get other people involved also chance like shalala and when we do the viking clap super easy to learn and they're engaged as well and um so uh at the at the semifinal game south side stand up i will say you got about 80 percent of the south side up so yeah yeah for the final i think we're gonna get the whole thing even get some north side in there you never know why not yeah um okay so not only are you a soccer guy but you're also an alternate player uh can you tell the good listener um like a bit about your your ultimate career and and uh you know especially maybe how how this past year has gone uh you know for that part of your life yeah for sure so as you said i'm a frisbee player an ultimate frisbee player i'm pretty new to it because i transitioned from soccer pretty late but i play on the semi-professional team in Ottawa, which is the Ottawa Outlaws. They play in the American Ultimate Disc League, or AUDL for short. We play our games at Carleton, and last season, we played only against Canadian teams because COVID wouldn't allow us to play over the border. 
So we played against Montreal and Toronto a bunch of times. And this year was the first year a lot of players on the team were allowed to play in the States. So the borders opened up. We have so many new youngsters on our team. So it was pretty new for us. My first season when it was in the, it was called the Canada Cup when we played against Toronto and Montreal. I won Rookie of the Year, which was a great achievement. No big deal. Yeah, it, it, was, it was all right. That's fine. So, yeah, I play it, and it's pretty nice. We play against a bunch of different teams. Some some players in the league are a bit more well-known, like MKBHD, if you've ever heard on YouTube. He has millions of subscribers. He plays on New York, which is like they're the best team they are the galacticos they buy the best players they went undefeated in our season and we were the only team to beat them in a half so wow okay yeah so ottawa is a pretty we're still young we're still learning but our team is going to be on the rise in a few years so i am one of those young players looking to emerge right on um and Am I wrong, or or like, did I hear that that there's going to be like like an AUDL video game? Yes, there's actually one in production right now. And so, are you going to be in a video game? I will be in a video game. So people could play as Brennan and eBay. Yes, you can. It Holy is smokes! Still in its beta right now, but it will be ready by next year. Wow, that's cool. So is that going to be like? Uh, like Xbox, PlayStation, or like what's that going to be on? It's definitely going to start on on computer, yeah. like PC, and they are speaking of bringing it to consoles, so like Xbox and PlayStation, the big ones. So if you want someone with like 99 speed, you know where to find me on <laughs> UDL, the game. Fantastic. Okay, uh, so before I let you go, win or lose on Sunday, you know, win obviously um i'm sure some beverages will be had um but after that like what comes next for you like any um like any big project coming up with you and ccsg like any personal events or projects anything like that so hopefully i something we did last year was we previewed a bunch of players in the university who might go in the cpl draft i am hoping we link up again and then produce something amazing because i think last year it got a lot of eyes to it and not many people knew different people around the country so we were probably one of the best scouting resources for people just watching and maybe even some teams in the cpl that's what i've that's what i've heard at least uh, there, there was definitely some league one ontario teams that uh that uh made use of it and i'm i'm down to do it again if you are I'd love to. And I'd even like to also like open it up to the women's side of things because although they don't have a draft, it would be nice to see who the next up and comers are. If I was thinking that too, like it would be great to do like a top, like a top 10, top 20 list of, of uh, your top ones of uh, the top women's players. Cause there are some players who are definitely going to go pro for sure. 100%. Oh my goodness. Like watching it in person and you can already tell like, oh, this player is going to go far. They might be on the national team in a few years. And it's like, wow, I got to watch them in university. It's it's a nice feeling. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is 
uh one player on the women's side that you think is one to watch for uh like a future pro career Ooh, cassandra provost or provo on on the ggs she is amazing star striker she can hold up the ball she has skills for a pretty tall a tall striker knows how to bring their teammates into it scores at will she broke the u ottawa record for goals in a season and they're about to be in the playoffs and they just they just won in the america so it's like she's ready to go also underrated not as highly known but center back maya smith she's every time i see her play it's a clean sheet she's got like eight interceptions and 12 headers one it's it's crazy to watch the ggs are absolutely stacked like they and like they're so and like so they're carrying extra players this year because they just want so they just won the fisu america's championship beating uh the top team from brazil um and at the same time they had you know um uh like the rest of their players like still great players but like they still had like they still had to play a game against rmc um Mm -hmm. and they managed to get a point out of that um while while their top squad wins this other tournament and i guess that qualifies them for the next fisu world cup like i think people um especially in ottawa don't realize like what uh like what a special program they have there um and like the ravens have a great program too um like we're quite lucky to have two great women's programs um but the ggs is such a like destination it seems like for for players who want who want eyes on them you know like there are several players i think who are going to be professional uh like within a few years at most sure especially if we can like get a professional canadian league they're going to be filtered into it. Some of them already play League One Ontario. I believe some play in Quebec also. So I think so, yeah. So, I Cassandra Perfost, I think, was uh was was with um AC Laval, I believe. And was yeah. and was their top scorer. I think I think she may have won the golden boot in the PLSQ. That doesn't surprise me for yeah. even a second. Yeah. I I think uh I, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that she's actually the top scorer in U Sports across men's and women's divisions. So last time I tried, it was definitely going to be my like like that would have been my answer as well. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few in Ottawa who who uh, actually for the Ravens, uh, I think this is Chloe Doherty's last season, and she seems like 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 I don't know what her plans are, but she she seems like someone who uh, who a lot of coaches coaching professional size would would really like to have yeah she she's also stepped it up this year like last year carlton did play a bit more defensively but this year she's been such a spark going forward she's been creating more and it's like wow this is nice to see from carlton like you were saying two great programs they might not have as many like how would i phrase this they might not have like the same recognition as the players on you Ottawa, but they are still very capable. I feel like, I feel like the Ravens uh, like source most of their players locally from Ottawa. um, Mm -hmm. Whereas there's a lot more like players from like Toronto or like out East and like kind of Montreal area who, who come to GGs. Um, So it's uh, like, it's always fun when, you know, when those two play, cause it's kind of, it's like, it's kind of like a, like a David versus Goliath, but but the Ravens, like they, they usually play them pretty, pretty tight. 
Yeah, do you think uh, they should be? Uh, so I brought this up before. Do you think there should be a panda style game for for GD's Ravens? Oh my Women's goodness! GD Place. I hope it's at TD Place because it would have to be like that. You... Like 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 it has to be an event, you know? Mm. Like it deserves an event too. I went to the one at U Auto and they packed the stands full, and it's like we probably could have used a bigger venue with some marketing. You already know people are going to show up. Like absolutely, this, yeah. They had a rivalry for different sports, and that one probably. I'm pretty sure brought out the second most fans between the two games. Yeah. So other than football, it's the perfect sport. It's especially in Ottawa where, you know, there's Fury fans, there's fans of universities and different cultures. So it's just the perfect mix. You should definitely capitalize on it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to push that. And, um, uh, but for now, I think our time is up. So, uh, Brandon, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on. Right on. And we'll see you Sunday at the championship game. Vamos Atleti! Vamos Atleti!